you're listening to another episode of the Weekly Warrior Podcast. Welcome back to episode number 46. Today, myself, Jared Bradford, and my burly co-host, Corey Mueller, are tackling the Pygmalion Effect. It's a great conversation. We talk about all of the positivity in your life and how we can use it to harness higher achievement within ourselves and how to also be a better person for others and how to combat all the negativity that goes around us every single day. Without further ado, please leave a rating and a review on our iTunes if you have an extra minute, and we hope you enjoy the show. You sound great. Thanks. You too. I missed hearing your voice. Nice. God, you sound good. Yeah. Yeah. Let's do this. Yeah, some a little bit. You look good. Thanks. You you had a really strong mustache going. Yeah. I got it. I'm gonna shave it. No, you shouldn't. You're going on the cruise. You should have you should keep it. Yeah. You'll look shave it. You'll look really cool on the cruise with it. Specifically on the cruise? Well, I mean, you're going to the southern regions where, mech, you know, mustaches kind of fit in down there. So, yeah, they're way cooler down there. Right. Everything exactly. in general is cooler except the sun. Except the temperatures. Except. Yeah. Yeah. I think you're All better right. off keeping it. Yeah. Well, we'll see. Anyways. <laughs> so, Corey, um, let's get this biscuit rolling down the hill uh yeah. today we're going to talk about something that we've recently learned about mm-hmm. and have both felt a strong growing passion for and it's been super impactful in both of our lives and we never even realized what it was absolutely and uh i'm super happy to be sharing it now so we're going to do this like we did last time so we're going to talk about the top six tips for eating a banana. So Corey and I, again, will go back and forth <laughs> with what? With helpful hints on how to properly consume one of nature's uh, finest delicacies. You ready? Have a, yeah, I'm ready. Great. So you start off okay. uh, with the first tip on how to eat a banana. So here's a real cool one. So instead of taking the banana and eating it from the top, what you actually should try to do, um, you put the banana in your hands um, with but like half of the banana in one hand, the other half of the banana mm. in the other hand. And you want to okay. use your thumbs to pinch together the spine of the skin of the peel. Yeah. And you're actually going to burst the peel that way. And so you can kind of burst it. You're going to, yeah, you're going to kind of unwrap the banana um, horizontally rather than vertically. And it's a whole different experience. It's really, really great. Wow. So do you pull the banana peel totally off and then consume? Yeah, so the banana comes out clean. Damn, you bro, you go naked banana? I mean, I don't do it all that often, but it's a trick I learned when I was a smoothie barista for Maui Wowie Smoothie Company. Jesus Christ, you know a yeah. lot about bananas. That's perfect because uh, we'd like to introduce our new podcast. Uh, it's called The Fantastic <laughs> World of Fruits. It's by Corey and Jared, uh, featuring the bananas in pajamas. And each and every Tuesday, we will release an episode all about fruits and how to eat them. It's going to be great. We're going to have a lots of uh, 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 fantastic jokes like, uh, like this. Uh, Corey, why did the grape stop in the middle of the road? Why? He ran out of juice. <laughs> 
So that's our new podcast, and you can catch it every Tuesday. That's brilliant. Uh, so, um, wow, that went. That was great. You really yeah. played along. So, uh, let me check my notes. That's not what we're going to talk about. <laughs> <laughs> got you a little fool there you didn't expect me to go in with a full-on analysis of how to use no, you, you, a very specific tip i maybe it's actually a good idea um all right let's go for real yeah we're so, going now yeah we're on a roll pygmalion effect uh we're going to talk about that today and it's a new thing that we learned about Corey and i and uh but it is true it's been around in our life and we've never really realized it was mm-hmm. there um, it can basically be summed up as higher expectations equal higher performance, uh, whether this is the gym or uh, your workplace or relationships or yourself as a student. Um, so I'm going to let it rip. Yeah, you should let it rip. I, cause I, this is, is, I'm super excited to hear all the knowledge that you're about to drop because in my life i've known you know the self-fulfilling prophecy thing um has mm-hmm. been really relevant for me and so this is i mean this is essentially the foundation of that um and i never yeah. knew anything about it until you know you brought it up not too long ago so yeah let her rip mm-hmm. teach me okay in effect where does it come from what's the history of it yeah 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 yeah. let's do that so uh basically yeah so higher expectations equal person affect the way that person believes highly of themselves and will strive to achieve more and by definition of the Pygmalion effect higher expectations equals higher performance they will achieve more simply because they believe in themselves and don't stop trying so once that person has that belief in themselves rooted from someone else Mm -hmm. they in turn send uh, positive vibes back your way and a cycle begins and it reruns over and over, creating a positive wheel of just high achievement. Um, so this idea goes back to Greek mythology way, way back when a sculptor named Pygmalion, who carved a statue of a woman that was so beautiful that he fell in love with her. A stone statue. And Pygmalion uh, prayed to Venus, the god of love, to bring him a real life woman that was as beautiful as a statue. And Venus listened. And she thought uh, she will, she was, she's going to actually bring this statue to life that he mm. carved. So this is, I thought about this. And I was like, how is that even remotely connected to the idea of higher expectations or equal higher uh, achievement? And it's kind of symbolic, isn't it? It might be a reach, but I, I made a connection that the sculptor thought the statue was so beautiful and he believed in its beauty so much that it came right. to life. Cause it, I mean, so, yeah, it fed off of his his belief in the statue. The statue started to believe it mm-hmm. itself. Yeah, okay. Yeah, so exactly. So the coming to life is is the symbolism there. So think of the statue coming to life just as someone in your life or you coming to life with positivity about themselves or mm-hmm. yourself. Um, so it's pretty yeah. neat. Um, so moving on from that, it, it got more specific, and that's where the, where the effect gets kind of juicy. Uh, so in 1963, uh, Harvard psychologist uh, Robert uh, Rosenthal put on an experiment with two groups of students, and he had them coach rats 
to get through an intricate maze. So he instructed the first group that their rats were bred to be unintelligent and maze dull. And then he told the second group that their rats were bred to be highly intelligent and, quote, maze bright. But in reality, uh, there was zero difference between the two rat groups of rats. They were just rats. Uh, but the fact that the students looked at them differently was key. So during this experiment, the smart rats far and above outperformed the dumb rats. And Rosenthal went on to take this experiment to the classroom and tried it out on real elementary grade students. And he gave the students all mm -hmm. of them at a school in San Francisco, an IQ test. Um, so the teachers from that IQ test, the teachers were given a list of names of students that were labeled as intellectual bloomers. So the ones that scored really well in the IQ test were given to teachers and labeled like, these are the students you want to focus on. And these students should outperform all other students mm -hmm. based on this test. But in reality, Rosenthal just gave the teachers a random list of names. So it wasn't based on anything. The IQ test was real, but it was ended up being just a random list of right. names. And the teachers went on to favor those students on the list that were labeled the bloomers. And those students, in turn, began to excel in the classroom. Hmm. And so Rosenthal came back and re-administered the IQ test, same exact test. Those students labeled as bloomers scored up to 27 points, points higher than their initial test scores, which is... Uh, a that's lot. A, yeah, I was going to say, that's test. a lot. Uh, so that's really interesting that labels and just positive reinforcement, positive impact from teachers, coaches, has that type of effect. Yeah, It has nothing to do with how the teacher was teaching, what methods. It was the fact that they believed in them, pretty much. Can I share something with you? I learned this, I mean, like, literally probably an hour ago. Um, yep. So... I wish I could remember. I just just briefly was watching a it's a, it was a TED talk and I cannot remember who gave the TED talk. Um, but essentially, the point was this. They took a group of um, housekeepers from seven, seven different hotel chains across the country and they're talking mm -hmm. about physical activity. So um, by and large, hotel housekeepers. It's a it's an active job. They are they're on their feet all day. They're vacuuming. They're you know doing laundry. They're scrubbing stuff. Like they're using a variety of different muscle groups, you know, to to do these tasks. Um, what was interesting is when they were interviewed, they didn't believe. So that you know, a question was, how much exercise do you get in a day? And most of them would mm -hmm. say zero. Um, how right. physically active is your job? It isn't. Um, what was interesting is, so they split the, the sample into two. So the, the one side was given a pamphlet and a 15 minute presentation about, um, here's all the benefits that your job has for your health. And, um, here's how many calories you burn doing during this. And, um, here's how, you know, here's how your job can affect fat loss and so on and so forth. The other side didn't get that. So they came back together and it was probably, I think they said it was like six months later. And what was really interesting was the group who they had given, I mean, literally it was a 15 minute presentation and they had given them the inf the information that group by and large had greater fat loss, greater job satisfaction 
um, greater. I mean, like in all the tests that they ran, everything was better. Um, and mm-hmm. not surprisingly, the, the group that they didn't give any positive reinforcement to, they didn't give any further education to, they didn't show any further investment in everything pretty much stayed the same or got worse. Um, so like in a real life application for, let's say a workplace, um, I, I thought that was really interesting because it's the same idea. Yeah. It's just changing your mindset about, you know, what, mm-hmm. whatever it is. Uh, that you're doing and it can change everything. Like they, people, they, you know, the, the employees weren't reporting that they were losing weight prior to that. And then all of a sudden they were just, they were like shedding pounds. Is it because, Mm -hmm. you know, they tried harder or is it, you know, is it something in your brain that puts out the, the feel good chemicals that you need to, to lose the weight, you know, who knows? But I found that really interesting. That is interesting. And I had a feeling I knew where that was going once you started getting yeah. into it. And I think it's just rooted in the mindset is super powerful to a point. It can take you so far and then you actually need to do work. Yeah. But it, it, it seems so obvious just to like give them basic information because they are being really physically active throughout their job, but just giving basic information and giving positive reinforcement. Like in, in my example, it seems so obvious that of course those people are going to do better than, then why are why isn't exactly. everybody doing it? Yeah, it's because like, it takes fucking effort. It takes a lot more effort to be, you know, to you you catch someone doing something right rather than always trying to see what they're doing wrong. Mm-hmm. It's easier to see what someone's doing wrong. Um, that's why the best leaders generally notice what people do well and build on that. And then you also, I mean, while you build on the things that are going well, you can you know, fix some of the, the stuff that maybe isn't as good. Um, instead of just pointing mm-hmm. out the negative constantly, um, which is any, I mean, I mean, most people have experienced that and it's not fun to just constantly be told what you're doing wrong. It becomes that self-fulfilling prophecy. Well, I'm worthless. So why try to get better? Yeah. 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 This is exactly what we're talking about. Yeah. Um, so Basically, from that uh, the thing I was talking about, how he w- was studying students, yep. he concluded that all students have great potential, and their teachers' expectations highly influence how well they achieve, mm-hmm. uh, which is pretty cool. Um, but there's a caveat. So more and more recreations of that study have been done, kind of like what you just said. A lot of things have been done and twisted, um, and they found the best results have come from the leader, the teacher, the coach that are subconsciously believing their teachers or their students are great. So if a teacher simply tells students that they can achieve a lot and that they believe in them, but in reality, they're only saying it for an experiment or because it's what they think is the right thing to say. It's not as effective if at all, it basically sums up that like people can smell bullshit. Mm -hmm. They can know when you're not being sincere or when you don't actually care. Um, but when you do subconsciously care, you subconsciously put out that those good vibes, that positive reinforcement, the real genuine belief, then shit can really start to bloom. Um, I think that's awesome, too. So what's OK? So this guy. <laughs> um, so there's the Pygmalion effect, which is you just touched on this. You So with a negative feedback is really hard to hear all mm-hmm. the time. 
and it generally doesn't reproduce positive right. things. Like it does, doesn't make sense. Negative plus negative does not equal positive. Mm-hmm. Um, and what's super interesting is the opposite of the Pygmalion effect is true. So it's called the Gollum effect. Ooh. Yeah, it was like pretty. Uh, Tell know, us, pretty precious. Cryptic. That was a terrible. That's a terrible. You have to I do know. better. Do better, Gollum. Do better, Gollum. Wow, now I'm on the spot with it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, okay. That's like that's like Can you do that's Smeagol though. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's okay. Tell us, tell us, you want to do cover the frogs? That's better. <laughs> okay. Tell well. me about the <laughs> fucking Gollum effect. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, you do a really good Kermit the Frog. I mean, your Gollum. I I'm out of practice with it. Yeah, I can't do Gollum at all. I th- yeah, I thought you were really good at it. But anyway, so the Gollum effect uh, basically states that if someone influences you uh, negatively, this is what you just said, and then tells you you're not good at something, or you'll never amount to anything, or no one no one ever challenges you choose you to reach an expectation. You believe that that's true about yourself, mm-hmm. and they went on to observe that. Like when one achieving group, so say the bloomers, the students that were labeled mm-hmm. bloomers came in contact with like a quote, non-achieving, non-achieving group, the struggling students tended to face uh, discrimination from the brighter students. Interesting. So that seems really obvious. It's also pretty fucked Well, up. I mean, it's. Yeah. So especially with kids, it's even I mean, it, it's evident, like the more you yeah. and I, I've seen this working with, you know, the kids that I've worked with for years is eventually, you know, when you first start, when I, especially you know, the kids that I work with, when I start working with these kids, all they've ever heard is what they do wrong. So like when you start pointing mm-hmm. out things that they do right. Uh, it's interesting. Sometimes even like you get a really adverse reaction. So like you give a kid a compliment and they might, I mean, I don't know, they might freak out. They might, you know, cuss you out, whatever, because that's not comfortable for them to be praised or to like wreck it, to have higher expectations, you know, but what's comfortable is, mm-hmm. well, I'm good. I, I know that this is what I'm used to is I'm going to mess up. I'm you know, not going to do well in school. I'm going to get in a fight. I'm going to do whatever. But then comes along and starts praising me and telling me what I do well, even if it's like small stuff, like, you know, good job, like making your bed today. You know what I mean? Um, It turns into this really interesting building Mm -hmm. process, which it takes time, but it's amazing once, you know, you start to see that self-worth build and they be, they they start to see it like yeah I can do this I can whatever I mean whatever it might be like I can I can do this I got this and seeing that come from some you know such a low place it's really cool to see that so mm-hmm. yeah I mean it's if we're going off the student example which we've been doing this whole time so far it's it's basically comparing a real life thing like Catholic Central to an inner city Detroit school. Like this is a real life thing Mm -hmm. that actually happens. It's not just something like on a piece of paper. Like you can really relate this to real life. And that's the fucked up part 
um, and it's like, so not only do you need to real like raise self-confident young people, but we also have to teach mm-hmm. humility or else this, all this discrimination happens and that gets carried away into life as well. And we see yeah. so much of that. And if you think about how damaging or life-changing just a few words can be, especially from a teacher in elementary mm-hmm. school, when we're super vulnerable and our brains are like sponges and we're just collecting everything from everyone. And I think we all have had a teacher that has helped us more than others that really reached out and believed in us. I know I do like from Mm -hmm. elementary school. Um, But the truth is I think a lot of people don't have that and they don't have it at home. And that's the sad part is that we pretty much concretely found that everybody based off of our, the studies that have been done, which we mentioned earlier, that all humans are capable of achieving really great things that are in line with their passions or skills, but because they've never had a positive support structure, like you've become very uh, like aware of in your job because they were never challenged to achieve yeah. something more. They didn't, they didn't achieve anything. I was always amazed by the ingenuity and some of the amazing things that these kids could do. They weren't good mm-hmm. things. Like they were, they were figuring out ways to get around rules and this and whatever, but like in really, really, you know, amazing and in, ingenious ways where it's like, wow, that's incredible. And then you think like, what would have happened if all of that energy that they're using to do something to break a rule or to do whatever was put into something that they were passionate about, but never, you know what I mean? Like, what if that was like mm-hmm. grown and fostered from the beginning? Like, what could they be doing? You know what I mean? And that's yeah. where I got, I mean, I get really passionate about that because it's like, these kids are amazing. The like everybody, like you said, everybody mm-hmm. has the potential to do amazing things. And the problem is we, and I mean, this is a whole rabbit hole, whole nother episode, whole nother everything. I mean, whatever, but it's a societal breakdown where it's, you know, what are you doing wrong? And then there's, there's no support. There's no fostering. Mm-hmm. There's no, you know what I mean? There, things are just pieces are just missing. Yeah. I really like that example you use with the school. It's like, Detroit Catholic Central is this big, fancy, rich school of predominantly white kids in, you know. Yeah, they don't let everybody in. It's a very successful yeah. Harvard. I mean, it's a Harvard of exactly, high And it's, you know, and it's prestigious and the athletics are great and so on and so forth. But then you've got, I'm, I don't know, I'm just going to throw out a random school name in, in Detroit, like John Glenn High School, you know what I mean, in Detroit where Mm -hmm. the attitude is like we're shit we're never gonna amount to anything we might as well hustle on the like on the streets and try to make something of ourselves or make some money or whatever because we don't have a future anyway and the only reason i say that like Mm -hmm. i say that in a very general way because i've talked to kids who have felt that way they're like this is the attitude that everybody has because the only way you get out is you either you make money and you get out like and you make you make it on the streets or you get out with an athletic scholarship or you end up in jail or in prison. Like those are the ways that you kind of get out of that. And, you know, most of that is the fulfilling prophecy of, well, I'm not shit. So I might as well sell, you know, whatever, sell drugs on the street or, you know, join a gang and mm-hmm. commit crimes or like whatever. When instead, these kids are amazing. These people and then they grow up to be. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just. It's such a systemic problem that and and then it bleeds yeah. into the you know the prison system and the correctional system, which is all broken 
And I could, yeah, I could go on for a while and talk about that, but I'm not, yeah. I'm not going to. I mean, you have to. a lot of, <laughs> you have a lot of experience with that. And I think, do you think there's a lot of middle ground too, though? So you think they, some people through athletics or they, some go to college and, and whatever they're, they open their own business to become very successful. Some, yeah, go to the streets or just fall into the wrong group of friends, but there's a lot of middle ground too. The people that just struggle mm-hmm. their whole lives, um, you know, lower middle class, no one ever believed in them. They work. We, uh, I mean, we all know some people that are close to us work jobs that they don't want to work just because they have to, that's what yeah. they have to do to survive. So there's a lot of middle yeah. ground too. Right. And I think that's where we want to mostly touch on from here on out is like, there's way more Gollum effect in the world than there is this uh, mm-hmm. Pygmalion effect. So how can we use the Pygmalion effect to our advantage once we become aware of it, once we become aware of how we talk to ourselves, how we talk to others. Um, so if we open up ourselves to receive those, receive positive challenges and praise from others, which is the mm-hmm. Pygmalion effect, we can also up, also open ourselves up to the ne- negativity that could bring us down. And the reverse is also true. If we let negativity get to us, we're also very potent to positivity mm-hmm. as well. Do you agree with that? Uh, I mean, that it's a lot to unpack, but I think in general, yes. I think I would agree that, I mean, whatever your brain has been more trained to hear, you're going to be more receptive mm-hmm. to. So, mm-hmm. like, if your brain has been more trained to, if all you've heard is, you know, negative feedback and the golem effect, um, then that's what you're going to hear more than, you know, positive, you know, affirmations, anything like that. So, yeah, Yeah. I, I, but, and then in the flip side of that, if all you've ever heard is positive and um, the Pygmalion effect, then you're going to be more open to that. And sometimes Mm -hmm. more, let's call it constructive criticism is harder to hear um only because that's not what you're used to so there i think there's a there is a middle ground there needs to be a middle ground where like yeah you catch people doing something right but at the same time there's always room for growth and Mm -hmm. whether that is a trusted you know mentor or whatever a friend or even yourself like you have to be open to looking at some of your deficiencies um in you know in the workout realm it's like what's in your wheelhouse well you know for me like short bursts like sprints on the bike or sprints on a rower that's in my wheelhouse what's not in my wheelhouse is burpees long distance stuff so like i don't want to i don't i want to work on what i'm good at because that's what i'm good at i don't want to work on what i'm bad at because that doesn't feel as good so mm-hmm. i like correlating it into that world too it's a, i mean there's a, it's just, there's so much to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the beginning of the Pygmalion effect started with a cycle. If we would go back to that, yeah, it's somebody believing in someone else, that person, but in turn starts to believe in themselves, achieves great things. And then in turn sends those positive vibes back to that same, back to the original person or someone else. So it needs to start with somebody believing in somebody. Right. right. 
So th- take this responsibly for re- responsibility for yourself. So as much as we can benefit from being open, we also need to learn to deflect bullshit. And I think the best person to receive challenges and praise is from is, is yourself. Mm-hmm. So once you can learn to do that, or if you are blessed with somebody in your life that truly believes in you, then you need to reciprocate that. And mm-hmm. I think you're more apt to reci- reciprocate that. But it starts with somebody giving positive reinforcement sending positive challenges out challenges out to somebody. Yeah. And that's how this cycle starts. So it can be you, you just need to be aware of it and to send it out. And there's, it takes a ton of work and discipline telling yourself that you can do this, you know, that you're smart enough to pass this class and strong enough to do this fitness and uh, brave enough to move across the country, you know, patient enough to communicate like with you, with your clients Mm-hmm. Like that you're capable of changing someone's life. Like you are capable of changing someone's life through this. And I think I was thinking about this too. And it's easy to compare it to narcissism almost because narcissism, you're it's, it's an inflated ego and constantly telling yourself, I'm good at this. I'm good at this. I'm good at this. Like there is some similarity similarities there, but it, it's so different because the Pygmalion effect, we're talking about achieving positive things to become a better version of yourself for yourself and others mm-hmm. and narcissism is like a disease which your ego it's used to for your own personal gain right times while putting other people down so if we're not talking about reversing a golem effect if we're talking about somebody who's just trying to achieve more to become a higher achiever mm-hmm. then this is the way this is the way this is the, the way like you you have to put those positive vibes out to somebody else you need to give it to yourself you need to constantly put that energy out in the universe, dude. I remember when I was, I had graduated college and I was like struggling with money a lot. Didn't know how to make money. Had sold a bunch of shit. Like I moved out of Mount Pleasant with like three boxes of clothes because I sold everything because <laughs> yeah. I had to pay rent. And then I read a book about like, if you want money, you have to like basically just tell the universe that I deserve this money. I'm going to make money and then the money will come to you. You have to put that energy out in the Mm -hmm. universe. And so I was like, that's weird, but I did it. And lo and be fucking hold. I swear to God, it's like voodoo shit. And people started to come Mm -hmm. into my life. I had clients from the past come back and be like, Hey, can I have some programming? I had just this past week, I had a huge tax return, which I didn't expect at all. It just little things like that. Like, it's things that I don't know if you just become more aware of it, but I know damn sure those first three years out of college, the only money I had, a lot of the money I had coming in was from selling shit mm-hmm. I already had. And now you put energy into something. I guess the moral is what I'm getting at. You put energy into something, whether that's you want need more money or you want your relationship to be better or you want to achieve something, make sure it's positive energy. Make sure you're, you're telling yourself and the universe that you deserve it and you're going to work hard for it and good things yeah. will come if you keep yeah. working. I mean, it's, it's that self-fulfilling prophecy. Like you, yeah. you can either choose to wallow in pit and self-pity and doubt and all that type of stuff. And you won't achieve anything. You're going to, it's the people who are the, the wishers um, who wish they could have this thing or they want this or they want that. Or they say, if only I could, you know, have mm-hmm. do this or whatever. Instead, it's I'm going to do this thing. I will do this. You know, there's the people who wish and want and hope, and then 
you know, they see other things they see. like It's like the you see things on social media that other people have and you say, man, I wish I had that. I wish I had this. I wish I had that. Mm-hmm. But then when you really get down to it and you can sit there and say, I'm going to do this, I will do this, I will achieve this thing no matter what, then, I mean, in my experience, it happens. There might be some bumps in the road. Like, things aren't easy. And it's not going to be sunshine Mm -hmm. and kittens and rainbow roads and whatever. But if you put that positive energy out and you do what is necessary and you kind of push away the distractions, you ensure a lot of your own success that way. But you have to put that you have to put that energy mm-hmm. out because I can't even tell you how many people that I've worked with or whatever that it's always like, I don't know what to do. I'm so like I'm so lost. I just want all this money or I want all this whatever. And it's like, OK, then we're going to have to take some steps in the right direction here, because right now all you're right. doing is you're being it's all problem focused rather than solution focused, because at a certain point, yeah. We can't keep talking about what's wrong. We got to talk about what we can do right and what we can do better. Which again, it's mm-hmm. recognizing. Yeah, it's exactly. just all blind. blind it's recognizing the positive, though, you know. So we keep talking about the Gollum effect, the Pygmalion effect. It's all. I mean, people are so. It's so ingrained to talk about what's wrong and what the problems are, rather than what's mm-hmm. right and how do we fi- and how do we solve something? Maybe if there is a problem, okay, how do we solve it? Um, you gotta, I mean, distance yourself from the complaining and <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think the, the student teacher thing is such a great example and we've been rolling with it forever on the episode, but even right now in my classes, we have extremely tough test questions because we have a national exam and they're, the, the question search is very complex. And so the teacher is feeding us these questions and a lot of us are getting them wrong. And we're going over them and my classmates, some of them like are getting really frustrated. I'm frustrated too, because I want to get them right. But after the class is over, after we're done going over them, pointing fingers at the teacher, mm-hmm. complaining. And like, even though we're going over the right answer and how to solve them, the focus is away from how can you solve this on your own next time you see a problem. Right. And that's and that's just self-destructive. You're, you're always going to struggle and, and fight it. And you're going to be stressed out because of it. So if you accept it and you just see it as an opportunity to get better. And no, this sounds so cheesy and hard, it's like a hard sell. Unless it's like, yeah, no one wants to no one wants to do that. That don't work. It does. Like, you yeah, have, absolutely. You have to be brave and you have to try it. And if you already are a positive person and how great is it to know that we can inflict positivity on others? especially the next generation like you it's almost like a superpower remember our second episode where we talked about yeah. superpowers it's it it's crazy and there's movies or whatever that like send characters back in time or whatever like back to the future or whatever and they're like don't do anything different don't change a thing no matter how small it can make a huge difference for the future and the, but why aren't we living like that in the present like one small thing you do or say can make a huge difference for the future of yourself and yeah. others. And we have that power and it's so simple, but we, a lot of people, and I hate generalized statements. I hate them. <laughs> Everything and always look at the negatives because it's easy to talk about. Mm-hmm. 
Yep. Yep. I have the, I mean, I have that conversation with people multiple times a week. Like, okay, we've addressed what the problems are. Now, how are we going to move forward and come up with solutions to, to improve the situation? Because, you know, right now things aren't ideal and we can, we can, you know, picture and I, and I get it. You want things to be a certain way, but there's some work that has to go in to get there. So Mm -hmm. I recognize the positive things like here's, here's what you've been doing well, but then here's what we got to work on. Um, and then here's also what you're doing well. So it's like that positive, negative, positive sandwich. So like mm-hmm. you're delivering, sandwich. yeah, you're delivering good. Like, here's what you're doing well. And then here's something you can work on, but here's something you're also doing really well. So it's like an easy to swallow pill kind of thing. Yeah. Um, and I use that. I mean, when I was working with the kids, I use that all the time. Like, you know, you, you know, you got up, you did your morning hygiene really well. You made your bed. You got ready for school on time. You know, while you were in school, though, you got in a fight and that probably wasn't so good. But you really finished your day out strong. And I was really proud of you for that. Like, mm-hmm. that's that feels a lot different than like, dude, you got in that fight today. What were you thinking? Mm-hmm. Like, that was a terrible decision. But it's getting a, the same message across. You know what I mean? It's just di- it's how you deliver it. And you're focusing on more positive growth and building someone up rather than just, you know, tearing them down. Yeah, for sure. Um, so let's wrap okay. it up. This was a great conversation. So going back to the beginning, mm-hmm. the the basis of the Pygmalion effect is higher expectations equals higher achievement. Mm-hmm. So expect great things from yourself, expect great things from your peer group. And if you're a teacher, expect great things from your students and make it be genuine expectations and genuine challenges and genuine belief in yourself and others, because that's how the best results will happen. Don't be afraid of the challenge because from challenges, we know that that's where all the good growth happens. Absolutely. Yeah. Yep. Love it. Cool. Uh, all right let's wrap it up bada boom bada bow thanks for listening to the show and we'll be back next week peace thank you for joining us on another episode of the weekly warrior podcast we sincerely appreciate you being here with us and if you would consider sharing the weekly warrior with a friend or family member that'd be pretty great too if you haven't already done so leave us a rating and a short review Also, check out our Instagram page at Weekly Warrior Podcast for more warrior content. Thanks again for being here with us, and we hope you'll join us next week when we discover the warrior within.